The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. You don't want it. You don't need it. But you're going to get it anyway. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Here's Kevin. All right, I'm Cooley and Kevin uh, Monday, which will include a lot of discussion on the Matt Stafford trade to the Rams, the reports coming out of Houston that if Houston is to trade Deshaun Watson, they'll be looking for two first, two seconds, and two young defensive stars. Uh, that sounds familiar. Um, and uh, I do want to weigh in on one of the craziest NBA finishes of the year, which involved our Washington Wizards last night, which I will get to at some point during the program. But uh, Cooley um, said he wanted to start the show with a couple of what we used to call back in the day, what do you got? Like, hey, I got something for you. What is it? Back in the day, like uh, last month. Yeah. Um, I have two things. The second involves the Matt Stafford trade. The first is this. I told you November, shit, sometime around then, I tore my meniscus in my bad knee. Yeah. I have a trick knee. I think most people that have ever listened to this show know that. You got a trick knee, yeah. No cartilage on the inside of my left knee compartment. I tore my meniscus. I went and got an MRI. So it is torn, but I've torn it three times and all three times I've thought, or all three times it's formed cysts. This is actually the fourth. So for the last at least six weeks, I've decided to go with no surgery, hoping it would form a cyst, but I have kept saying, I'm going to just got to start doing some workout stuff. You've been in pain, by the way, with respect to your knee. It's been very painful. Very. Yeah. Daily nuisance. Yeah, you've told me. I mean, normally at least a five. And you're not a complainer, but you've mentioned it a couple times that you've been in pain. So I went to the gym today. Yeah. Oh, boy. Now, I I know that it's just physical therapy stuff that I'm going to do. And I understand how to do it because I've done it. I'm getting back from the original knee surgery and over the last few years. And once I get going, it's normally okay. Now this meniscus tear could change things, but I'm going to spend a month trying to just do rehab and see if it forms a cyst and gets better. Dude, the three machines I did today, Mm-mm. you know, where you lay on your belly and it's a machine that you do a hamstring curl, right? 10 pounds, one leg, single leg, 
10 pounds. I couldn't, I can't even bend my knee all the way back. Well, you got, you, you my got, my whole yeah. body was violently shaking. Well, you got to do something. You got to take care of this. You got to get, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm explaining to you what I did today. Okay. So then, you know, the machine, the straight leg extension, you sit there right. and then there's a thing that goes in front of your yeah. shins. Right. 35 pounds, single leg. Couldn't do it. Former NFL player. <laughs> oh, my, my right leg can do 100. Single leg, I can do a hundred with my right leg, no, no problem. Mm. So, what's nope. next? And then I did the leg, like the one where you sit, that leg press thing, that machine. Right. No weight, barely could get ten. Not a no weight. So, wh- wh- where is this heading? Knee replacement? No, I think I'm going to get better. So, amazingly enough, I feel way better now. <laughs> really. This is an hour ago. It's psychological hit, but you're no, saying... No, it's just getting it to flex and bend as much as I did and actually utilize the muscles a little bit so they work. I mean, my muscles are not even firing. Is this why the Giants so, didn't sign you, ultimately? No, I was, incredible sh- I was in incredible shape at that point. Keep in mind, I was fine until November. I, sore, like, I had a slightly arthritic knee on the medial compartment do you think though that they saw this coming for you no okay i don't i think that there you was you just had else. a bad workout no i had a great workout. yeah i remember you telling me you had a great workout no i think there was something else to it what do you think the other i i have no idea but i was also there with uh amadola no wes the tight ends coach no Wes who? Patriots receiver. Oh, Wes Welker. Yeah, that's right. I, I remember it was either Amendola or Welker, right? Both of us had a great workout. And that was when Coughlin was the coach. And Coughlin kind of pulled us both aside and said, we didn't know you either of you were going to be here. They didn't tell us. They said we had a workout. It's weird to not know that veterans like you guys would be a part of a workout. What did Coughlin say to you? You never told me that other than that. They, they, they said I had a great workout. And then we met with Jerry Reese, who was the GM, or I, individually, and Jerry just said, I appreciate you guys coming. Appreciate you coming. You know, I thought you did a good job today. We'll let you know if anything happens in the future. They needed a tight end right then. Right. I, I promise you, I promise you I had a good workout. Remember the situation, um, you went out, it was an Arizona situation, and the guy from Cincinnati, I forget his name, the tight end that played for Cincinnati that then played for Arizona. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. And you thought that basically they just used you as a way to incent him to get in or something like that? Yes. What? Why are we for, uh, blanking on the name? Jerome. J- Gresham. J- Jermaine Gresham. Yeah, Jerome. He wasn't J- signing. He sat, and then it, it was reported. I never went there and worked out. We were setting up a workout. It was reported that we were setting up a workout. He signed two days later. Got it. And that that was one of those where the Cardinals just wanted him to think, oh, they're bringing in a bigger name, Chris Cooley. They're getting a dude. Yeah, they're getting their dude. So you better hurry up and get in here. Could be. By the way, Gresham was not very good. He was not. He was a first-round pick, wasn't he? I know. I think he was. Was he a first-round pick? By the by, the Bengals, right? I wasn't so. it the Bengals that he played for before the Cardinals? Yeah, he was definitely with the Bengals. Yeah. 
I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he was the 21st pick overall. Wow. Out of Oklahoma. Mm. Yeah, Oklahoma. Right. Jermaine. Yeah, he was never, never a big time player in the league. Athlete, no, though. Actually, his first three years in Cincinnati, 52, 56, 64 receptions. 2014 for Cincinnati, he had 62 receptions. Did he play well for Arizona when he got there? No. Mm. Never had more than 37 receptions for three. Is he in the league or not? Season. No, he is not in the league. He, he played nine years. He was a he was an athlete. He wasn't though. terrible. Um, no. I didn't th- no. I, I didn't think he was ta- uh, terrible. I, I mean, not in Cincinnati. I couldn't remember what he did in Arizona. Um, really average in Arizona. I'm pulling up his uh, Wikipedia. four years in Arizona. Ooh, I'm pulling up his Wikipedia page. He was a two-time Pro Bowler in 2011, 2012. Cincinnati. Yeah, he also apparently was a big-time basketball player. Um, growing up in Ardmore, Oklahoma. Uh, was the Southern Conference Player of the Year in high school. Big time. There you go. There we go. So here's my second what do you got. Yep. The other day, a friend of mine was talking about a car lease. Yeah. And how they got out of it early. (laughs) Oh, he was? Yeah. Okay. And I'm going to compare this Jared Goff thing to my friend's car lease. Okay. I saw a report by Mike Silver, who's a really good friend of mine. We, we've talked. Yeah. Um, about Jared Goff. And Silver wrote, Goff want it, wants to be somewhere where somebody wants him. I called Silver and I said, they don't want him. <laughs> it was the throw-in. <laughs> like, the Rams had a lease on Jared Goff. There was about 16 months left on their car lease. They had 6,000 miles left over. Back bumpers falling apart. Dents in the doors. <laughs> need new tires. Yeah. It, terrible gas mileage. Right. I, I mean, you never know if it's going to start. It's got an alternator problem. It's got some kind of problem. But they're invested in it big time, man. They, they paid a lot of money for this car. It was an expensive lease. And now they got a better car on the flip side of it. And they said, hey, if you'll take our lease on this car, we'll, we'll do the deal. Jared Goff, was it desired in Detroit? Come on. They don't really want him. Yeah, they you just, know, there's... They got a guy that... They got a car they can drive Will they go car shopping for another car. Look, usually when you lease a vehicle, there comes a point where... If you're going to lease another one, it makes sense for both the dealership and for the person who's leasing the vehicle to turn it in and get a new one. Um, And then sometimes when you go to turn it in, what they realize is, oh, my God, he's over mileage by a lot. The vehicle's all dinged up. Um, this is going to cost him a fortune to get into this new one. But, but the, but the person can always say, you know what, just take it back. I don't want it anymore. I'll go drive something new. And if they've been a long-time customer, they might actually say, no, 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 we'll we'll figure it out for you. Um, But in this particular case, the Lions weren't long-time customers of the Rams or vice versa. No, they now, weren't. Now, in all, in all just of the dealership swap out here, in all of this, Cooley, I did read right before we started recording this podcast today that Brad Holmes and the Lions 
actually really like golf, and I'm I'm looking for Peter Schrager put this out. Peter Schrager, I think, works for Fox, um, and said that there were teams that really do and still believe in golf. I'll I'll read you the. Um, let me see if I can find it. Uh, I've sp- here's the tweet. I've spoken to multiple teams this morning, and this was yesterday morning. I just saw this tweet. Who made calls to the Rams in regards to Goff as well. This wasn't some throw-in. The Lions wanted him. He had a market. Around the NFL, Goff is regarded well. 25 years old, multiple playoff wins, beat Breeze and Wilson in their own buildings this post. Uh, beat Breeze and Wilson in their buildings in the post season. That's Peter Schrager from uh, Fox um, that put that out. It's funny because my first reaction was two ones, a third, and Goff. Man, the Rams have to be thrilled that they took Goff in that contract. They needed them to take Goff. Well, maybe, maybe that's what the second future number one was for. Hey, we'll give you another future number one, but you got to take Goff. Um, but here's more from Schrager, actually. Denver, whoa. Oh, no, 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 my, my fault. Uh, uh, this is on, on Stafford. We know this, and we're going to get to all of this, that Denver, Carolina, Indy, Washington, among the others, making um, significant offers for Stafford. Um, look, I watched Goff this year, and he was the problem for the Rams. If they had had better quarterback play this year, the Rams might still be playing. That's how good their defense was. Now, Aaron Donald got hurt in that playoff game against Green Bay, and that really, really hurt their chances. And I'm not sure with a healthy Aaron Donald they would have beaten you know, Aaron Rodgers anyway, but it would have been a better game, and they wouldn't have given up you know, like 500 yards or whatever it was in, in that game. That, that's a really, really good defensive team and was all year long the Rams defense, but they didn't have a healthy Aaron Donald in the postseason. If I, my contention is if Stafford had played for us this year, we would have won nine or ten games, maybe would have won a playoff game. I, I don't know. Um, if we had had Deshaun Watson, we would have won ten-plus games and we might still be playing. I think Stafford on the Rams team would have given them a real good chance this year of making a long run. A longer run. They, they they already won a playoff game with Goff, you know, in Seattle with that defense carrying the load. And then against Green Bay, you know, Goff wasn't terrible in that game, Cooley, um, but he wasn't enough to overcome a defense that gave up too much without Aaron Donald being healthy. I think it's personally, I think it's a great move for for uh, the Rams. I love the way they think. Um, I think it's a different way of thinking than maybe I would have thought years ago. But they they are doing – you've read a lot about George Allen. I know a lot about George Allen's career. George Allen, when he came to Washington, said, the future is now. And he started trading away picks like basically he was allergic to them to bring in players that could help them win now. That's a different day and age back then. In this day and age – you know what? The Rams have said, whether it's the Ramsey deal or whether it was the Goff deal to begin with, the deal that they you know traded to get to the number one pick, they're going for it. 
They're like, we can win the Super Bowl next year or in 2022 or in 2023 with much better quarterback play. And they're going for it. And they're not worrying about those two first round picks down the road. They have to go for it. If you look at the way that team's built, the salary cap issues they're in, the lack of draft picks as it is anyways, they're not in any any form of a rebuild mode. Right. You may as well give away the next two years first round picks as well. Because you don't got anything to really rebuild on. The future is now for Sean in Los Angeles. Do you like the deal? Yeah, I do. I think that they gave away a bunch, but I think that they're talented enough as a team now to win with Matt Stafford. Yeah, I do too. In saying just that, yes, I like the deal. I think that in today's day, in today's football, a chance to to win a Super Bowl next year is really valuable. I think a chance to win two or three Super Bowls in the next three years is even more value, valuable, obviously. And I think they get that with Stafford, the way that that roster is built and the way that team's built. And look, you and I both know it. In that offense, it doesn't have to be elite elite quarterback play but it's got to be good competent quarterback play and Stafford gives them more than good quarterback play he gives them you know b plus play at a minimum in my opinion so let's not be an a quarterback but he's the high end of a b so let's get to a couple of things on this number one um you had the two first rounders and I understand that maybe that second first rounder was you know hey are you really going to take off okay uh we'll give you a second first rounder in 2023 um and whatever um but you did say this first and third idea is basically it's not going to be what it is because there's just going to be too much competition for a quarterback like Stafford and what I would say to everybody out there that really pushed back on some of the conversations that we've had in recent weeks about Stafford and look everybody's entitled to their own opinion but a lot of you consistently hit me with do you know what his record is Sheehan I mean, come on, like he's not, that's not an, that's not a significant upgrade. And oh, by the way, it's not going to even require a first rounder. Well, the league spoke, okay. The league spoke on what they think of Matt Stafford. There were a reported six teams that offered and up to 12 that were interested. Um, Washington basically offered a first and a third. It may have been a first third and even a player, um, but there's multiple reports that, um, Washington made and was aggressive going after Matt Stafford. Um, what, what's really interesting to me, the league spoke on Stafford, okay? They, they just did. I mean, that's – you can Period. think what you want um, about Matt Stafford. The league thinks he's really good. I personally think he is a top 10 quarterback in the right situation, and I think this is the right situation for him. The one thing, and I always said this about uh, about Stafford – is 33 years old, as much as he's been banged up over his career and he's played hurt so much, that would have been my one concern. Um, The second thing about this deal is Detroit really did Matt Stafford a solid. Sure. He wanted to go to L.A., Detroit didn't have to trade him to a place where he wanted to go. He had no trade, you know, he didn't have a a, a no trade clause in his contract. There's reporting that he said he did not want to go play for New England. Isn't that amazing? We talked about that on Friday. I I think you and I talked about that. Without Tom Brady, that just the pure Patriot way, 
it doesn't bode well with younger players. And to that point, players in their 30s. I don't know. I, I read that, that Stafford basically Nick. said, I've, I've played in the Patriot way the last three years. I don't want any part of that or two years or whatever it was. That's it. I, I'm surprised at that. I, I know you said that. I, I just think Stafford would have been the I think it would have been the perfect fit for him. That would have been great for him. That was a hell of a defensive football team last year. And they've got like the fifth or sixth most available cap space in this in the, going into this offseason. I think he would have been the perfect quarterback for Josh McDaniels. Perfect quarterback. But anyway, he apparently nixed that deal. Washington, Carolina are the two teams reportedly that made better offers than the Rams made in terms of the immediate. You know, like, so that means Washington obviously offered their first this year and, and probably another pick from this year and maybe even a player. Carolina's is the eighth overall. They obviously offered that. And Detroit took two future ones a third from this year, and Goff's contract. Now, maybe Schrager's right, and they really think they're getting something with Goff. You know, I mean, maybe that maybe that was a big positive for them. But I just think it's interesting because one of the things that I didn't think, if you're a new GM like Brad Holmes in Detroit, I know that Stafford, despite his record, is really revered by Lions fans. Apparently, he and his wife, like Scott's told me this, Scott has gotten to know, Van Pelt has gotten to know Stafford pretty well um, over the years. He said that he's just one of the best dudes that he's ever dealt with in, in all of sports. Like, he's just a great guy. Do you know him at all? I, I don't know Matt Stafford. No, not at all. Um, anyway, uh, I just thought, you know, uh, your new GM, dude, I'm taking the best possible deal. I'm sorry if, I, if it ends up putting you in um, – you know, in Houston, you know, or or or, or a bad franchise. I, I'm just not Cincinnati. I'm just I'm taking the best deal, and I don't know that they took the best deal. It's close. It just, I know it's probably close. Like Washington was a first, a third, and maybe a player. I don't know who the player was. They probably had discussions on multiple I think, players. I think I know who the player was. Who? Duran? No. I, first of all, let me just be clear on this. John Allen, Heineke. John Allen's not attractive with a fifth-year option only, with one year left on a deal. Okay, John Allen's attractive as a player, but the contract he's only got one year left, and so you got to be really sure you can sign him. Plus, I've mentioned this before: Ron Rivera loves John Allen, loves him. He points to him as the guy that represents the culture they want to have. And let's also not forget that John Allen's a really good player. No, I think the conversation we had last week, even though I think coming off an Achilles injury, I don't know how attractive he would be, but it would not surprise me if Washington tries to move on from Landon Collins this offseason. I don't know how attractive he would be. You said he'd be worth a second. I said a third coming off. The I Achilles. said maybe a second, and you yeah. you probably are right coming off and coming off the year he had last year. I actually didn't there, think he was that bad. To he, well, he was. You said he was, but then there were a couple games you're like he played well, and I, I don't know. I think he's a good player. 
I'm not saying he's worth the money or that Cameron Curl isn't a much better deal and maybe eventually a better player and maybe the fit isn't right. I just don't know that they view Lant with Cameron Curl emerging the way he did that they would be really distraught if they ended up moving off on from him. I don't I don't no, think so they it, would be. So it would have been a first, a third, and landing Collins. Maybe. Or maybe maybe it's just a first. Yeah, because it wouldn't be a first, second, and Collins. And maybe it was just a first and a second or a first and a third. But I did I heard from somebody that a player was involved. But let's get to the next part of this, which is Washington took a big swing going after Stafford. That says several things. It says they are not comfortable with their quarterback situation, more likely than not, as it's currently constructed. Some of you thought they should be. And maybe it's just that they loved Stafford. That's a possibility, too. It's also probably an indication that at twenty at, that ni- at 19 overall in the upcoming draft, there's nothing there that they're really confident about in terms of possible quarterbacks at 19 overall. Um, and again, it could just mean that ultimately Stafford was super attractive to them, which, by the way, he should I have that, been. That's what it means more than anything. Well, um, yeah, the, may, maybe, or or it means that they're going to continue to be aggressive. I mean, I put out this poll earlier this morning. Cooley, hold on for a second. Let me find it. Um. How should Washington proceed now, now that they've essentially admitted through their offer to Detroit for Stafford that they are looking to upgrade at quarterback? And I put out four options. Massive offer for Watson, some sort of Darnold or other you know veteran free agent or trade, address it through the draft or stick with Allen, Heineke, and Alex. The funny thing about this is 40.6% now said make an off- a massive offer for Watson, that was the winner, um, followed by Darnold, followed by the uh, the draft, followed by Allen, Heineke, and Alex. And the other day when I did this poll, Cooley, about um, should Washington take a huge swing on Watson, and I said call it three first-rounders, a second-rounder, and Deron Payne, 58.5% of the 5,000-plus votes said no. So now maybe a lot of those people are saying we want Stafford instead, and, and a lot of those people did say that. But let me just tell you, there's no, there's a big difference between Watson and Stafford. Like, if you tell me I've got to give up a lot more to get Watson versus a, a lot less to get Stafford, which is now off the table, I'm taking Watson. Does any do, do you people understand how good he is? He's a top five elite quarterback. Now, they're saying two first, two seconds, and two young defensive stars. Well, that could mean the Jets. They've got some defensive stars. Quinn and Williams is an up-and-coming defensive star. Miami's got some defensive stars. It could also mean Washington. Tell me what you think this means for Watson, the Stafford deal for Watson, and just your overall thoughts right now on whether or not they should go all in. Now that you know they were willing to go big on Stafford, do you think that they should – and will go big in on Watson if Watson Watson's actually made available. Well, yeah, I think that they should go big. I don't know if they're capable of going big enough. They don't have the current draft assets that someone like the Jets have. 
So, look, like giving away – they don't have a quarterback to give them right now, which the Jets and the Dolphins both do, two teams that would potentially be making this trade. They don't have the high first-rounder this year, right. which both the Jets and the Dolphins do in, in terms of making this trade. They don't have as much as Carolina has at this point in terms of making the trade with the eighth overall. So when you, you talk about going big, it, it's like you're going deep into the bench to take that big swing. Like you're going to give this year's first, next year's first, then what do you have? Then then this year's second, next year's second, and Deron Payne and Montez Sweat. So nope. you're going to give away two of your last two firsts to get there. Well, you're going to give away a boatload to get there. Where, and in that boatload, I think two of two of the assets are really proven commodities. Um, that's the problem. Uh, like the Jets have the number two overall pick. The Jags, if they wanted to do it, have the number one overall pick. Well, plus, well, the, the Jets, Jets have, have a second. The Jets have a second first-round pick too this year, right now. Yeah, right. And so do the and, Dolphins, right? And, and, the Jets and the Dolphins both have two first-round picks, and they've now. got some defensive talent. Quinn and Williams looks like a star in the making. Now, do like when? So the report. Okay, look, look, just just yeah. stop. If if you're sitting there telling me the Jets have given me this year's first. The second first that they have this year, Quinn and Williams, this year's second and next year's second, you can't match that. I, I understand that. If you're Washington. Well, you could. Because with what? Well, with Chase Young. Because <laughs> there's not a de- there's not a defense. Quinn and Williams is not Chase Young. Chase Young, you so are you, you are trading the, you're trading basically the number two pick in the first round, and then you would also be trading, like, to me, Chase Young equals, now, Quinton Williams was a high pick, too. But, look, I'm just going to tell you this. There's no player on my roster that would be untouchable for Sean Watson. Now, I'm not dealing two, two, and then two if one of the two is Chase Young. Like, at that point, it's getting to the point where it's obscene, which it's probably going to be obscene. And I keep coming back to this same thought, Cooley. Houston would be absolutely idiotic to do this. Like, think about the AFC here for a moment. So they're going to trade one of the five best quarterbacks in the NFL at 25 years old, and then in their conference alone, they're then, they then think they can replace uh, Deshaun Watson to compete with Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, maybe Deshaun Watson to an AFC team if they trade him to an AFC team. I haven't even mentioned Justin Herbert or maybe Trevor Lawrence. If Houston trades Deshaun Watson, they won't win a Super Bowl for 10-plus years. They won't be in a Super Bowl for 10-plus years. The goal is to try to get to the Super Bowl at least. This would be the dumbest trade. I don't care what you get back for it, ever. Uh, Our... Look, some of you are like, Sheehan, get off Watson's jock. I'm not. He's one of the five or six best quarterbacks in the game. He's a known elite quarterback. Your chance of hitting this, somebody said, well, this this shit never works. Well, this shit's never been tried. 
Nobody of his stature at 25 years old under contract for the next five years has ever been made available. This is totally unique. This isn't new. This isn't something that's been tried before. Somebody like Deshaun Watson under contract for five years at 25 years old has never been made available. If he is being made available. So you have to just take anything that's ever happened before this and throw that out. Those conversations about quarterbacks in their 30s, you know, that they're not applicable. Okay, the Alex Smith deal isn't applicable. Any any trade up to draft a quarterback isn't you know it's just not it's it's not apples to apples. There is no apples to apples for Deshaun Watson's availability ever. So, if you don't like the player, that's one thing. I I love the player. I think the player is immediately with a decent team, not even a great team around them, that you're going to win 9, 10 games and you're going to be in the postseason 8 out of 10 years of the next 10 years. And you're going to have a chance in a couple of those to actually make a deep run and maybe win a Super Bowl if he's your quarterback. I can't say that about Taylor Heineke and upgrading the defense and adding a middle linebacker and another corner and and another really good receiver. I cannot say the same thing. I can say I really like what they're doing, and hopefully they'll hit on the quarterback. Hopefully. But I can't say definitely that they will be a 10-plus win team for 8 out of the next 10 years, and they'll be in the postseason for 8 out of the next 10 years. That's what happens if Deshaun Watson's your quarterback. And by the way, you've got you know a, a franchise that isn't a train wreck like Houston was this year or Cooley like Washington's been in years past. That's always under consideration too. Like it could could completely fall apart if, you know, the owner fucks everything up like he's done many times in the past. But Watson's a different conversation than any other player we can talk about. I think you make the trade. I, I think you make the trade if it's three firsts. To your point, you, you're, you don't know you're going to get a quarterback one of the next three years, especially if you think you're drafting middle of the pack. If, if you're drafting middle of the pack, you're, you're probably not getting Watson. You don't know that you're getting a quarterback caliber. if you have I mean, the number how many one guys pick. Are, how many guys really – what's the percentage on mid-20s quarterbacks? It doesn't – the percentage on top 10 isn't very good. Rodgers. The point – I mean, it's better in the in the top ten. It's better. We've, the, we, the thing doesn't have that everybody else has is a quarterback to offer. Would you have say you know, say that again? The, the thing that Washington doesn't have is an immediate answer at quarterback. Do you think Tua Tagovailoa is an easy is an immediate answer at quarterback for Houston? Yeah, you do. I do. Okay. I don't know if that's the long term answer, but it's a high pick that we can find out on. Sam Darnold to me is a, at this point. I, I don't know what to think of Tua. I guess I just saw that at the end of the year, the bottom line is they couldn't move the ball unless Ryan Fitzpatrick was in the game. In his, but that's his rookie year. Okay, I, they I, had they had a couple games where Tua had, Tua had a couple decent games. He had to, he had to get yanked from that Oakland game or the the Vegas game Raiders game for for Miami to keep their playoff hopes alive. We know that. And then Fitzpatrick didn't play in that final game, and they got run out of the building by Buffalo. 
because Fitzpatrick had COVID. Remember? I mean, they and you know it was it was ugly. Miami needed to win that game to get into the postseason, and they played Buffalo, who was really not playing for anything, and they got completely smoked in that game. And and Tua threw like three or four picks in the game. I don't know if they would have won the game with Fitzpatrick, but Fitzpatrick was gave Miami a better chance this year than Tua did. But it was also his rookie year. So I think the one thing you learned about Tua is that the hip wasn't an issue. And that was a big concern. What would you so what if Houston said, look, we want Chase Young. We'll take Chase Young and Landon Collins, okay? I'm not going to make it Chase Young and Deron Payne. Chase Young, Landon Collins, we need two seconds. You know, we need your second this year and your second in 22. And we need your first this year and your first in 22. Two ones, two twos, Young and Collins. Would you do it? <laughs> um, I'm just I don't know <laughs> what do you mean you don't know I'm I'm going so I'm actually I'm sitting here going through this all the proposed trades that the, the ESPN put together Barnwell created all the I trades. know that was last week though I know that but I'm just looking at this and it's like it is going to have to be that oh it's going to be obscene this is going to be another one of those where people who have poo-pooed these conversations that you and I have had or I've had on radio are going to say, oh, my fucking God. You know, and, and they'll say they overpaid. And you know what? If he gets hurt and has an, you know, because he's had some injuries, you know, if he gets hurt and he's always hurt and it doesn't work out, well, you'll be right about it. But the league will speak on Deshaun Watson, too, if, if, the, if the Texans trade him. It'll be the most ever offered for a player. It will make the Herschel Walker deal pale in comparison because this has never, ever been made available, ever. You just have never, I mean, somebody... um, And saying all of it, I just don't think they trade him. I don't either. I don't either. I'm with you on that. (laughs) I'm totally with you on that. I would call him in right now and say, guy... Yeah, come on, dude. Even if we trade you, we got to take a cap for the next four years because of the guaranteed money we paid you. More than that, I can't. I mean, and that's why, but that's also why you have to get a quarterback back. You got to get at least a dude that you can play that's got value. I, I like, hey, Deshaun. You're just not in a situation that makes you tradable. Take us take out take out of the equation that we think you're the best quarterback in the NFL, which you have to say to him. We can't trade you. It kills us. I know. It's, we'd be we'd be idiots to do it. Total idiots. There there just wouldn't be. Again, like look at the AFC. It's Mahomes. It's Josh Allen. It's Lamar Jackson. Um, it is Justin Herbert, who we think is going to be pretty good. Uh, we don't know what Trevor Lawrence is going to be in Jacksonville. And then, God forbid, they trade him to the Jets or the Dolphins because the Jets or the Dolphins give you the most package. Now we got to compete with you. 
Like, how are we ever going to get to a Super Bowl if Mahomes, Allen, Watson, Jackson, Herbert, and Trevor Lawrence are all in the AFC? Like, I'm. we can't do this to ourselves. It means we have no chance for the next decade. It, you, you on our team give us a chance. We can build around you and have a chance. You know, let's not forget the Chiefs last year in that playoff game against Houston. Deshaun Watson led them to a 24-0 lead at Arrowhead. They were, they were on fire. Watson threw for 388, two touchdowns in that game, and it was 24-0. Wasn't it 24-0? I'm pulling up the box score from that game. Um, 24 to nothing. First drive, Watson right down the field, six plays, 75 yards, 54-yard touchdown pass to Kenny Stills. Uh, then they got, oh, they had a block punt. Okay, they had a block punt for a touchdown, and then there was another turnover. Watson threw a touchdown pass. Then Watson drove, drove him into field goal range, 24-zip. And then Mahomes, the actual best quarterback in the AFC, exploded. <laughs> that was unbelievable. That game was incredible. They scored 41 points in about a quarter and a half. I asked um asked somebody this question on radio this morning. I'm going to ask you. If Mahomes were on Houston this year and Watson were on Kansas City this year, would the results be any different for either team? I don't think the results would be dynamically different for Kansas City. Right. So what Mahomes about Mahomes is without question a better quarterback than Deshaun Watson. Okay. I I agree with that. I agree with that. Look, and I'll go, I'll be honest with you. I didn't spend a lot of time watching Deshaun Watson in Houston this year. Well, why I spent would a lot you? of time watching Mahomes over the last few years. I, I did spend time watching Watson last year, a year ago, and there are situations that you don't necessarily want him in, but then he's also able to overcome. He's 50 50 in a big time situation or a third and seven situation, third and eight, third and nine situation where Mahomes is way, way higher percentage in terms of getting the job done. Yeah. I'm so with you on that. I think that there's definitely more to Mahomes in terms of he's, he's there. He is completely there. You got everything. Right. I think Watson is eight or nine out of 10 of what Mahomes is. If that makes any sense. I, I mean, if Mahomes is in a class, if- Watson's got a big time arm. Watson's progression and get through the process is not anywhere near what Mahomes is. If Mahomes and Rodgers, let's just say, are in a category by themselves, Watson is in the next group with Russell Wilson, with Josh Allen, who's obviously coming on. I'm I'm cutting the old guys out. I'm cutting the Brady and Breeze and whatever else. I'm cutting the old people out of this conversation. The next group, which puts him in the top five, includes what includes Watson, Wilson, and I do think Josh Allen is, has approached that level. I mean, Watson threw for more yards than anybody in the league this year. His completion percentage was, I think, third in the league. I think he had the high – did he have the highest passer rating this year? He might have, but here's the one thing that you think about with Watson. Takes a lot of sacks. He, he, mm-hmm. 
2018 led the league in sacks. I know. 65 sacks. In, in the same way Wilson does because he's always trying to make a play. It's the same yeah, thing. But there's a difference because Deshaun Watson can see a check down. <laughs> right. 2019 yeah. led the league with 55 sacks. 2020, third in the league with 49 sacks. I would like to see that number going down, and it's not, which is telling me that he doesn't have answers in timing. When you watch him, I think the answer is he's just always trying to make the big play. I and well, and that the, the mature, I understand that, but the, I'll tell you this right now that I watched a young quarterback in Josh Allen trying to make the big play against Kansas City play like. Shit. I know. Well, they're young quarterbacks. You know? And that's why Mahomes is so special, is it doesn't have to be the big play. No. He'll make the play that's available, but he's capable of making the big play. Yeah. And and that's the thing that scares me. The other part of that is you, you mentioned what if you make this massive trade and then he's hurt two out of the next three years. But a guy that takes 50 sacks a year is much more likely to be hurt than a guy that takes 23 like Mahomes. Look, you know what I'm saying? Or a guy he's not, that, he's like, not, you have like Philip Rivers, they have the best offensive line probably in the league, took 19. Tom Brady took 26 sacks. Tom Brady can't move. He took 26 sacks. Really good offensive line and a really good pass pro offensive line. And too. a really good quarterback at getting the ball out in time. Understood. Understood. I mean, I've watched a lot of Watson, and to me, it's the same thing you see with, with, with Wilson. And and by the way, with Allen, too, and I don't even know what Allen sacks, but God, remember when we talked about the other day, and it's true, like Allen takes some of the worst yardage sacks I've ever seen in terms of yardage lost. But watching Watson's always trying to make a play. And that, you know, with maturity, and, you know, he just played his third full season because he got injured that rookie year when he, when he got off to a great start, by the way, if you recall, as a rookie. Um, and you know, you get really good coaching and maybe he, he's able to reduce those numbers of sacks. Um, but yeah, you're right. That's true. It's true. It's just one thing that concerns me. He's not Mahomes. An organization would say in a right, in the right situation with the right staff and the right people around him, then he wouldn't have to take those sacks. Yeah. Give him just give him DeAndre Hopkins back and that's going to be a different situation but ultimately Kev Deshaun Watson's going to take over 40 sacks next year 40 would be a good number for him the way he's played that's a little concerning yeah but you still agree it'd be insane to trade him and my personal feeling is I'd rather take the next 10 years with Deshaun Watson and without a couple of young defensive stars and take my chances that way. I think we are just into a different conversation in 2021. You got to have one of these guys to cons- to have sustained success. And the the, the um, tweet that I was looking for, I just found. Um, Uh, This was a response to this poll. Somebody said, look, if you're competent at your job as a GM, you should be able to find a competent and even a franchise quarterback somewhere through the draft or at a cheaper price than three first-rounders and more. We're not talking about competent, you know, because competent can be found, and good GMs can find competent. You know what the best GMs and really good GMs often aren't able to find is is a true elite quarterback. 
I mean, there are only six or seven of them in the game. There are only there are more than just six or seven good GMs. This is the hardest thing to find, and it's the thing that if you find it, you are most likely to have a run of being good every year. Like having a chance to be good every year, like Green Bay's been, like Seattle's been, you know, like Kansas City is on the verge of being, well, they've already become, like I think Buffalo is on the verge of becoming. You, You know, you don't have five, six, seven, eight year runs of being in the playoffs 80% of the time, you know, with just a great defense and average quarterback play. You don't. You can make a run in a given year, but then you might miss the playoffs for the next three years. The good GMs, and when I think about this, should be able – look, you, everyone wants to find the elite quarterback, but the best GMs should be able to, find, to know who not to take. Like, you can't miss right. that. Like, like, you can't draft Dwayne Haskins in the first round. Those are, right. You have to know, I can't take this guy here. I know we need a quarterback. I can't take this guy here. Yep. And that's the debate with, let's say, Daniel Jones. Can, you have to have a, starting, a franchise quarterback. We both agree on that. I didn't think Daniel Jones should have been taken anywhere before number 20. Most people didn't. Yeah, but you at least thought he was more of a first-round guy than Haskins, which you did. I didn't not. think he was going to bust. Yeah, I didn't. I'm not suggesting that I knew Dwayne was going to bust, but Dwayne needed time in a better situation. Yeah, you can't tell. You can't make that pick there. You got to build your team elsewhere if that's not the something that you trust. You can't. You can't have the bust, and I think that's what the best GMs do. Look, the, the, right now, I am pleased that Ron and Martin and Marty understand that they aren't just okay at quarterback. Like, we can't just roll back with – I'm not saying that they won't because they may not have a choice, but I'm glad to know that they were aggressive going after um, Matt Stafford. That makes me feel even more confident in Rivera and, you know, the, in the group that he's putting around him because – I know that a lot of you really are great believers in Taylor Heineke, um, and he played great in that playoff game. He did. Um, but to me, the chances are probably greater that he's not your elite franchise quarterback than they that than, than he than he is. Uh, that's that's what I if I were forced to wager on him being an elite quarterback, franchise quarterback or not, I'd I'd probably you know I'd probably bet on him not being that. The opportunity on a guy like Watson just never becomes available, you know, to actually trade for someone who is that, and you know he is that. But I personally don't think it's going to happen, Um, and then if it does, it's probably going to be to a team that has much more draft capital, et cetera. But if they were involved in that, I would be thrilled to know that they were aggressive going after that as well. It leaves you with this. You know, who's going to be available? Who's going to be out there? You know, who are the quarterbacks? And there could be uh, a bunch of them that are that are going to be out there and available. I mean, it's very possible that Darnold could be available because they decide they're going to take the kid sure. from BYU or Justin Fields or somebody else. Um, you know, it's possible that New Orleans can't afford Jameis Winston. 
Um, you know, there are going to be other – I don't think Matt Ryan's going to get traded because Matt Ryan – Atlanta would really have a big-time cap hit that they can't afford trading Matt Ryan. Um, Dak Prescott, I think we have to assume he stays in Dallas. I think we have to assume that Aaron Rodgers stays in Green Bay. I think we have to assume now that Carson Wentz stays in Philadelphia. Um, I don't want Garoppolo. In fact, there's a story this morning that San Francisco is getting aggressive going after Kirk Cousins. I don't think Minnesota is going to trade Kirk, to be honest with you. Um, I, I mean, if you watched him play this year and watched the way Zimmer sort of came around on Kirk's season, the, he was not their problem. Their defense was. I, I'd be surprised if Minnesota trade, trades Kirk, but there is a story going around that Shanahan wants Kirk, which, of course, we've known for a while. I don't want Trubisky Cooley. Um, I don't want uh, Fitzpatrick at this point at, 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 at his age. You know, Goff is already accounted for, and I wouldn't have wanted him. It's a guy like Darnold. You know, if it's not Watson, would they get aggressive on Darnold if Darnold was made available? Or Because I don't think Cam Newton's a possibility. Do you? No. Okay. Oh, I think he's a possibility. I don't think he's an answer. Well, then why do you think he's a possibility? Haven't well, you, like, haven't you, you come around to trusting it. Rivera? And and to, to to make the right decision or no, never. <laughs> okay, um, I think the chances of Cam Newton being in Washington are zero percent. If you watched him play last year, he stunk. He looked done. I don't even know how interested he is in playing football. Cam Newton. What I heard is he's not. But that said. He he went to New England to play football. Seems hard to be uninterested and go to a place where it's only ball. Yeah. It, you know, it's almost remarkable that he started Cam Newton the entire year pretty much. It is. It it's, tells you a lot about how they feel about Stidham. I guess. Which means they're definitely in the market for a quarterback. Yeah. And... I think that they would be incredibly interested in Watson because the future is now <laughs> Belichick. Yeah. I mean, he's going to want to win games right right now. But Belichick's also sitting there saying, someone's given up a quarterback for this guy. S- someone is. You know, if maybe they can trade with Houston for a guy like Darnold. After the fact, what if because Houston Houston uh, is going to acquire some uh, a, a dude? They're they're going to acquire picks and a dude, and maybe they want to move forward with somebody else, not named Darnold or not named Tua, but that gives them a chance to gain more capital in trading for those guys. Like, let's just say the Dolphins had to throw in Tua. What are you going to get for Tua right now? Another first? Probably. Yeah, yeah I guess. I mean, you probably you get a you're definitely getting a second for Darnold, um, if not a first. So a lot. I'm just sitting here. So many people are tweeting me about Cousins. I guess somebody had a report that Shanahan's going hard after Cousins. Um, San Francisco apparently was very interested in Stafford too. I want to just begin with this because, you know, whether it's social media or, you know, any other way that um, we've communicated with each other over the years about Kirk Cousins, um, 
you, what you guys think isn't necessarily what the league thinks and it's not real. Okay, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay likes Matt Stafford. Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay both love Kirk Cousins. You know, when you have people of that that quality offensively, that pretty much says much more than what you and I as fans can say. Cooley can say more to it. But I bring it up because, first of all, I don't think it'll happen. I followed the, the Zimmer situation. He killed it this year. Kirk did. He had a phenomenal year um, this year. And I... Um, they just need to improve defensively. If they if they had had just a, a a suck defense instead of horrific, they probably would have been in the postseason. Uh, but if they did, for whatever reason, trade Kirk to San Francisco, would you be interested in Garoppolo? I wouldn't be. No. You know who might be? Patriots. Exactly. No, exactly. I think the Patriots would be – I think Bel- Belichick loves – Garoppolo, yeah. If uh, but I think Belichick loves Kirk Cousins. I don't know. Remember the training camp what, five years ago that they came um, up to Richmond and they spent the week and Belichick was glowing about Cousins. Yeah. Well, I mean, there was that moment when Kirk became a free agent where there was discussion about whether or not New England. Uh, but you know, they, obviously Brady wasn't a- anywhere near done. Um, if I was. Zimmer, I would at least be making some calls here. Like, I, I don't know. If I was Sam, if I was John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, I might be making some calls to some other teams to say, "What would you, what would you give for Cousins?" Because, like, right now, if you're the only team, if you're San Francisco and you're the only team, you gotta give a lot for Cousins. Like, they might want somebody else, like New England, to call in an offer. Hey, we'll give you a first this year for Cousins. A first plus. Since becoming a... So you don't have to give two first. Like, Cousins is going to get... You and I have done this. We think Cousins is one or two quarterbacks below Stafford. Yeah, but that's it. Cousins is essentially going to be very close to the Stafford deal. Not as much, but close. Cousins since 2015. All right. Fourth in yards, fifth in touchdowns, twelfth uh, in interception percentage, sixth in yards attempt. Um, f- uh, by the way, fifth overall in wins. <laughs> People don't believe that, but it's true. Game-winning drives, sixth overall in the league since 2015. Um, look, the league knows. Uh, I don't think that Spielman and Zimmer are going to trade Cousins. I. I would be starting. I would be very surprised at that, Cooley. There was nothing except for what um, Everson Griffin said after the season. Um, he lit. They they were at times unstoppable offensively this year. They just had a terrible defense, a terrible kicker, and terrible special teams. Um, but man, uh, the the. Uh, here, here's Neil Greenberg from the Post, you know, Mr. Analytics. Quarterbacks with more expected points added per start than Cousins since 2015. Here's the list. Breeze, Watson, Ryan, Brady, Rogers, Rogers, Roethlisberger, Wilson, Rivers, Prescott, Stafford. That's it. The essentially, you know, um, what did I just name? Nine quarterbacks. Nine quarterbacks that have 
that you know uh, expected points added per start. You know, it's, it's sort of a a pro, a, a value added. Um, He's I don't I don't like doing this because I'm just gonna hear from everybody on Twitter. He's a good quarterback, guys. He's not an elite quarterback. I would have taken Stafford over him. Obviously, I would want Watson more, but I certainly wouldn't want Jimmy Garoppolo more than Kirk Cousins. I wouldn't want Jared Goff more than Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins season this year puts him in the top half of the league easily of starting quarterbacks. Probably closer to the top twelve in starting quarterbacks the year he had this year. Uh but Whatever. We can debate that. He's not coming to Washington. Where is he? If he's being made available, um, that would be the all-timer. Uh, Kyle Kyle loves him. Mike loves him. Sean loves him. Uh, I'd be surprised. I think Minnesota really likes him, too. They lost Gary Kubiak. He's going to be on his fourth offensive coordinator in his fourth year in Minnesota coming up, um, which will be strange. Uh, but Kubiak was great. But it, I think it's going to be his son, Clint Kubiak, that ends up being the OC. So they'll do the exact same stuff that, that Gary did. Anyway, yeah. are we done with this part of the conversation? We're done. Bottom line is, I would trade a lot for Deshaun Watson. I, I don't know. Two firsts, two seconds, two. I just I wouldn't want Chase Young or Deron Payne if it were, to be if involved. It were, if Payne were the one... And you could get away with Landon Collins as the other. Yeah. What about one first, one sec, one first, two seconds in Young? Uh, See, Young, Young is going to be. I don't think I don't think that'll get it done though. Young's going to be valued at a at a level that I think is the almost the equivalent of two firsts. That's a great point, but I don't think I'm trading young. Well, for Watson, I wouldn't have anybody as an untouchable. But I, I, I can, I can tell you this: Young, Young is going to be in the top three rush players in the league. Yep. Who plays every part of the game? Yep. Who is not going to cost you that much for the next four years? Right. No, I'm not trading Chase Young. Okay. Deron Payne, we got to start working on a contract. One first. With here one first. Soon. Two twos and Chase Young for Deshaun Watson right now. Yes or no? Yeah. Yeah, me too. And what I did there is I basically just took the other two firsts, or basically I took the other first and said that that's the equivalent of Chase Young and a second defensive player. Right. And that's, yeah. And you're saying the first. And what Houston apparently is the, reportedly the is looking the 19th. for. The first is the 19th overall. Yeah, Houston apparently is looking for two firsts, two seconds, and two young defensive stars. So if I give them one first, two seconds, and Chase Young, then I am giving them one less first and one less player because I'm offering Chase Young. So would I do it? Yeah, I think I would definitely do that. Would I do, would I do two firsts, two seconds, Chase Young, and a player? No, I don't think I would do that. That's too much. Because the Chase Young's got to be valued at higher, and it may not get the deal done. I don't. I don't. The, know. the other aspect of this is: this, Would Deshaun Watson come to Washington? Well, good point. He's got to agree to that, and he's got a no trade clause. The, there are teams out there that he can go and have success with immediately, because they're built offensively. And maybe Watson wouldn't come to Washington unless Chase Young were staying. Maybe he I wouldn't approve. 
I don't know if that's true or not. But Why not? You're looking at a defense that's going to be great. He just played on one of the worst defenses in the league this year. They were so bad defensively. They were horrendous defensively. And he under, I mean, I think he understands at this point that he, he can, you know, they can go to the playoffs again like they did the two previous years, but not if they've got the worst defense in the league. No, not if they have the worst defense in the league. Although Patrick Mahomes took the Chiefs to the Super Bowl or to the NFC Championship a couple of years ago with one of the worst defenses. Yeah, it was bad two years ago. That's true. Uh, you know, the- but but if he w- he would want to go somewhere with weapons, like I saw one potential trade with Pittsburgh, where they it was like two first and T.J. Watt. It, Pittsburgh would be awesome for a quarterback. Look at all those young receivers. Remember this too. Everybody wants Washington to use either draft choice or their available cap space on a receiver like Allen Robinson or Kenny Galladay. All right, I'll just take the two of them right now. You know, those guys are going to have options where they can go somewhere where there's a legit quarterback. If you bring in Deshaun Watson, now all of a sudden you are so much more attractive to free agents. Sure. Because just because you want Allen Robinson – I don't know if he's coming Does Alan here. Does Robinson want to go play somewhere where he's got Foles and Trubisky <laughs> or, I don't know, Heineke and <laughs> whoever? Right. No. Alan Robinson wants to go somewhere where he knows it's not going to be an abundance of work. It's not going to be an onus on him to catch 80 balls. What's a guy that can get him the ball? Yeah. Period. Fascinating offseason as it relates to quarterbacks. I mean, so interesting. Just starting with – Already this blockbuster trade for Stafford. Another one could be the all-time blockbuster trade for Aaron uh, for, for Deshaun Watson. The Aaron Rodgers situation, I can't see him leaving Green Bay. You know, Prescott, does Dallas re-sign him? Darnold, is, his, is he available because the Jets go in another direction? All the quarterbacks that are moving into the you know top 10 to 12 picks in the draft. Wentz in the Philadelphia situation. Um... Newton, I don't even count him. Winston in New Orleans, you know, uh, there's just a lot of stuff. It's really, really quite it, quite the quarterback offseason. And part of what makes it is the quarterback's available, yes, but there are so many teams this year that feel like, and I think Washington isn't at the top of that list, I think more or less the Rams were, the 49ers are, that there are teams that think that they are just a quarterback away from potentially winning the Super Bowl next year, which is why it's going to get super competitive. I mean, it's really the Rams were a quarterback away from maybe still playing right now. I mean, the the 49ers had so many injuries, but you know, even if they didn't have the injuries, they were a quarterback away from winning the Super Bowl last year. You know, they – they're just a lot of those teams. You know, I bet a team like New Orleans now feels with that defense and with Alvin Kamara and, and others, they just are a quarterback away. The problem is they don't have any cap space. You know, the Bears were so good defensively this year. They, and they, they were talent. They had talent on offense. The Cowboys, you know, again, if they re-sign Dak Prescott, which I'm going to assume they're going to, they're a top ten. They're a top five roster. They're going to be. The, they're going to be the preseason favorite in the NFC East. Not Washington, unless Washington does something at quarterback. I'm not saying that Washington can't win a second straight NFC East title with a, a an improved defense and and a well coached team. The whole thing. 
I'm just telling you that if Prescott re-signs with the Cowboys, the Cowboys are going to be the preseason NFC East favorites. Unless Deshaun Watson comes to Washington. Well, unless Washington solves the quarterback issue, right. Or Philly. All right, uh, let's take a break. Um, I I want to read a couple of comments from Jay Gruden. Uh, We'll talk about Kyle Smith, and I do want to touch on the Wizards games, uh, the Wizards crazy game last night, right after this word from one of our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Kyle Smith uh, Cooley officially in Atlanta uh, working for Terry Fontenot as the vice president of player personnel there. Um, Nikki Javala, who writes for the Washington Post, uh, is the beat reporter. She does a really good job, actually, um, covering Washington. Um, She had some quotes in there about Kyle Smith from Mike Shanahan and from Jay Gruden. Did you see these or not? I did. (laughs) So this is from Jay Gruden. Quote, every year that I was there, we had a pretty good draft class with a couple of exceptions. Uh, Smith, Kyle Smith, was really good about listening to the coaches because the coaches also did evaluations. When it came to our time to pick, we'd always talk about the picks, where we'd like to go, what happens if a player is gone, and did all of our scenarios. uh, All of our scenarios. And then owner Daniel Snyder would come in off his yacht and make the pick. Closed quote. I'm just curious. We know that that happened with Dwayne Haskins, okay? That's not in debate. Like, I don't think it happened with, say, Josh Doxson, you know? I don't think he came in off his yacht and made every first-round pick, you know, in recent years. 
I mean, I'm not saying that he wasn't involved in a lot of different things, um, but it's really the Haskins thing that Jay's referring to, right? I guess. Who else would it be? I mean, he's, um, he's not coming Ryan in off his Anderson. yacht to I, make. Ryan, I think maybe Ryan Anderson. Okay. No, I heard that Jonathan Allen was asked, and there, I just heard some rumors that that was that that might have been a damn pick, but I don't know that. Wait, hold on for a second. Are you being serious? Yeah, I think Ryan Anderson might have been a Snyder pick. That it was he just wanted another Alabama guy. I because don't know be, because Allen. because John told him to pick him. Now that was way hearsay. That's not okay. Anything I would know, but I don't know who else would it be. Well, like I mean, you know, remember for why a couldn't brief... he just take the fifth rounder of of every year and be like, dude, your job is to find us the best fifth rounder. <laughs> what if this Rivera, actually, the Rivera most, goes to Dan and says, Dan, the, our sixth rounder, this is your pick. I want you, the, I want you to make our sixth round pick, not our first sixth round pick, our second sixth round pick. This is your pick. Hmm. Hey, um, Dan, any third-round comp picks we get, you, you go ahead and you go ahead and make those. We're going to give you – yeah, we'll show you the board, and then you you make the pick. Um, Just throw a dart at it. No, the, you know, the John Allen pick, I could see that. And, and we know how quickly Bruce and, and Dan became infatuated with, you know, the Alabama movement. Um, but there's no way that he came off his yacht and picked Josh Doxson. Only, only Sheehan picked Josh Doxson. <laughs> she no, came in off that. his rowboat. I've kind of heard that story. Really? Are you being serious or not? I can't tell if you're being serious right the now. The Dachshund pick, I think we heard the story. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, McLuhan told me the story. That McLuhan wanted the center from Alabama. Yeah. And when he fell off, he's just, uh, what, what are we going to do? And I, I had heard that McLuhan said, one thing we're not going to do is take a receiver with the first pick. Then he panicked and took Josh Doxson. Well, he traded because with Houston back a spot, remember, because Houston wanted Will Fuller, and he was fine with either Fuller or Doxson at that point. But th- what I had heard was he didn't want a receiver at that spot. No, anyway. he wanted that Ryan was- Kelly. He, that, that was the guy that he wanted desperately. He right. told me he that. He should have traded up two spots and got Ryan Kelly. Was it two spots? It was more than that. It wasn't much more than that. I think Kelly went at 19, and they picked at 21. Mm, I'm going to look at it. I'm pretty sure it was really close to right before. 2016 NFL draft. Ryan Kelly like 18. went 18, and Washington had 21 initially, so they were three spots off. And then they traded back one spot with Houston, which was smart because, well, what actually it turned out not to be smart because Fuller's a better pro than Doxon, obviously. Um, but McLuhan said. We liked both of the receivers. After we didn't get Kelly, we liked both of the receivers, and I picked up an extra pick to move one spot, and I was okay with either Fuller or Doxon, whoever fell to us. That's what he told me. But they wanted Kelly. That's who they wanted. And Kelly's turned into a really good player. Yeah. They didn't – I mean, the other thing is, is where else were you going to go at that point? Followed the rest of that draft. Uh, I mean, Laquan Treadwell went next. I know that. Oh, yeah, there was a shit. It was a disaster. Corey Coleman. It was a disastrous wide receiver draft. And then until Artie the, Burns. Until, until, until Michael Thomas went in the second round. <laughs> right. I mean. God, wide receiver. Hunter Henry went. Hunter Henry was. 
a good player that went in the early second. Miles Jack, remember, he fell and went to Jacksonville. He was hurt. He was hurt. Yeah. Uh, Jeez, you go down like Reggie Ragland, mid-second to Buffalo. Derrick Henry went 45th overall that year. Cooley, that was the other player that I wanted after Doxon. I wanted Derrick Henry. Because they and needed Michael a running Thomas back too. Michael Thomas went two picks later. I know. To New Orleans. But God, did I love Doxon at TCU <laughs> when they made that pick? I was so excited. Um, so Can you anyway, imagine, like if they had just taken Michael Thomas or Derrick Henry, right? God, there? you know what's also interesting? I, I'm just remembering this. I remember, and I I don't want to. Um, this isn't meant to disparage Josh at all. But I'll never forget you telling me very early in that rookie season of his. It ain't going to work. It's just not going to work. And I said, why? He's talented. He does not like football. He just doesn't love football enough. This is part of the due diligence process. You got you to find this out. You got to find this out. You Remember kn- we were sitting there at training camp in Richmond, and he was hurt yeah. going into training camp, and we were watching him do his rehab stuff on the field. And it was like I've never seen somebody so disinterested in – so unhappy about being out on a football field. He was homesick too. There was a lot of that discussion about he had really never lived outside of you know Texas, and he, he right. We'd looked into. He went to Wyoming briefly and came home because he was homesick, and, and went home because he was homesick at Wyoming. Yeah, he was a very he was super shy. He was talented though, Cooley. But you always you've always said that you know it's it's the. It's the research, it's the due diligence, it's like you the interview process where you find out if a guy really loves football, and if he doesn't, it doesn't matter how talented he is, you would never draft him. Um, anyway, uh, so the other thing that was said in this story um, about uh, Kyle Smith came from Mike Shanahan, and that was the following quote. Where is that one? Here it is. Mike Shanahan about Kyle Smith. You could see at a very young age that Kyle left no stone unturned relative to evaluating somebody both on and off the field. He was one of the best I had been around. People would always ask me about Kyle, and I'd say there's no way they would ever let him out of the building. And if they do, they're complete idiots. Closed quote. (laughs) Uh, So that's from Mike about Kyle Smith. Knowing that this is... This is, I think, a recent interview with Mike, so Mike knew that they were going to let him out of the building. So he's essentially saying, if you let him out of the building, you're a complete idiot. Um, So there you go. He's in Atlanta. Good spot for him or not? Great spot for him. Better job, more money. Good spot for him. That's awesome. Do you know what I do? I mean, it's basically, and I don't, honestly, I, I don't fault Ron for this. You're creating whatever you want to create. Right. But anybody that shook hands with Bruce Allen, see you later. Yeah, no, you t- you said that. You said that. that he that they, re- they fired Jeff Scott, too, who I thought was a good scout. Right. Um, do you they know also what I- fired Cole, someone whose dad was – Bruce agent was his dad. Or Bruce, Bruce Allen was his dad's agent. What was Cole, Cole Spencer? Yeah. They fired Cole Spencer as well. I mean, you were with you were with Bruce. You you can see your way out of the building. <laughs> um, yeah, 
uh, by the way, just unrelated, really, um, but just somebody else that you've always loved and you said that you would play for in a heartbeat and, you know, you know, in, in moving back to the Rams uh, conversation, you know what I didn't realize until this morning when I was looking through the Rams roster? I didn't realize that Raheem Morris was the defensive coordinator, that they hired Raheem Morris to be the D.C. Did you? I knew. I, did, I, I didn't see that for whatever reason. So O'Connell's still there as the offensive coordinator, and now Sean has Raheem Morris as, as, the, de- as the defensive coordinator for that defense, which is nasty. Raheem was as close to Sean in Washington as anybody. Yeah. I mean, they Raheem was a sounding board for Sean uh, at all times. That's a great fit for both of those dudes. Right. I, you know, I think the world of Raheem Morris. I, you, I think he's. Yeah, yeah. I think he'd be a great head coach. Right. I mean, he and had it, a chance in Tampa, but he's come a long way since then. And obviously, he was the interim in Atlanta. Well, not only was he the interim in Atlanta here at the end of the year, they they won some games. Didn't they win some games at the end of the year, or maybe they didn't? They were in almost every game. Every game they were in, um, including the game they almost beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead. Um, Okay, uh, I want to finish up um, with just, um, th- I promise, no more than three minutes on the end of the Wizards game last night. We'll do that right after this word from one of our sponsors. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So, Cooley, last night the Wizards played the Nets, all right? I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and tell you that I watched the whole game. I've not been really that interested in the Wizards. They suck. Um, You know, I was interested initially when they traded for uh, John for Russell Westbrook, who's always been one of my favorite players, but they're terrible, and they're one of the worst defensive teams in the league. And they played the Brooklyn Nets, who now have Kyrie Irving, uh, Kevin Durant, and now James Harden. Harden was out last night for some reason, um, but he was out last night. And the Nets have been rolling, and the Wizards just stink, and they had a bunch of COVID-19 issues, et cetera. Anyway, um, so – 
Uh, last night's game was insane. It was one of the gr- one of the more entertaining finishes of the season in the NBA. First of all, typical of the Wizards. I mean, they basically give up 70 and a half every game. The final score of the game was 149 to 146. <laughs> this was not a, an overtime game or a double overtime game. The the Wizards over under Cooley uh, over under numbers in Vegas are like pretty much the highest. Last night's game, the over under total in the game last night was 244 and a half. Just to give you some perspective, the next closest on the NBA card yesterday was 221. Okay, so there the over-under for Brooklyn, Washington yesterday was 23.5 points higher than the next closest That's amazing. on the board. Um, they just they stink defensively. They're horrible defensively. Um, and you know, basically these games, you know, uh, they give, they just, it's so easy to score against them. Anyway, the game last night was insane because Brooklyn had, you know, a decent sized lead and then the wizards fight back. By the way, Bradley Beal had another big night at 37. Bradley Beal, Cooley, you probably don't know this because you're not paying attention to the NBA. He leads the league in scoring. He's averaging 34.9 points per game. That's four points better than Kevin Durant. And at, at one point last night, he had like 13 points, and they were well into the second half when I turned it on. He ended up with 37. He scored 22 in the fourth quarter. Anyway, the end of this game, Cooley, first of all, I, um, I'm going to give Stanford Steve some credit for this because Stanford Steve tweeted out something about St. Bonaventure, I think it was, in the gym. You know, that, he loves that. In the gym they were playing in, and he said, you know, it basically looks like one of those games where the players went to the cafeteria to change into their uniforms before the game. They probably which, did. Which, which is exactly the way I described this morning on the radio show, this Wizards-Nets game. It looked like a summer league game. It was like one of those games where, you know, for all of you that have played basketball over the years, or maybe some of you are coaching it, it's a summer league game and like the real coach is out but he called his brother up to coach the game and his brother gets there and the guys are in the auxiliary uh, gym changing into their uniforms but you only got like five guys and then two guys walking you're like where, where, where have you guys been Come on, man, the game's about to – Summer League is the most disorganized thing when it comes to basketball. And I'm sure any offseason for any sport is the same way, but there's there's something about Summer League basketball, Cooley, where, like, just coaching over the years, I was just thrilled to have five guys. It's like, can I get five tonight? If I get a sixth and a seventh player, I'm thrilled. All right, we can play now. But it's like, you know, somebody's always walking into the gym as the game's getting ready to start, throwing his uniform on. You know, it's it's very it's just a lot less organized. And and that's what basically every Wizards game is. It's like a summer league game. Last night, the end of this game basically had no coaching at all involved. I love Scott Brooks as a guy. He's a great guy. Uh, you know, I know the players love him. Th- this is one of the coaches. I know they're more organized than this, and this is a bit of an exaggeration. But this is a basic roll the ball out and, and let's just, you know, let's play. Let's have some fun, see what happens tonight. Um, at 144 to 141, uh, Brooklyn, with 20-something seconds to go, the Wizards had absolutely no plan. 
They came down and Westbrook chucked up a three, missed it, clanked it off the side of the rim. No plan for for down three. And that sent Kyrie Irving to the free throw line because um, he, he got the rebound. And he makes both free throws. It's 146 to 141, 146-141 Brooklyn with 12 seconds to go. They had no plan again. What do you mean no plan? No plan. Why not run and shoot a deep three? So they and then steal the inbounds pass and then shoot another three. <laughs> You're watching it now. So they inbound the ball to Bradley Beal. They're like, like they're looking at Ish Smith goes, just just take it up and shoot it. That's what Ish Smith said after the game. Just just shoot a three. Like there's no actual plan for getting a three. No screen. Br- B- Bradley pulls up from like 30 feet, drains it. 146, 144. And then Brooklyn's got two timeouts left. Instead of Steve Nash, who, by the way, is the coach, but Kyrie Irving... Kyrie's the coach. Kyrie has said that we don't really have a coach. Um, They don't use one of the two timeouts to advance the ball. Instead, Joe Harris, who, by the way, man, is just such a great shooter. UVA, I I had no idea he would be this good of of an NBA scorer. He's averaging 49% from behind the arc this year. He was 8 of 13 last night. What a great team to be on if you're just a shooter. Um, Anyway, Joe Harris grabs the ball and throws it to Kevin Durant. But Durant was going in the opposite direction. So he actually threw it right to Garrison Matthews. It's the dumbest play of all time. Garrison Matthews plays it's for the like Wizards. He actually believes, Harris actually believes he's in a hurry to get the ball inbounded. Real hurry. They've got two he timeouts. He rushes to inbound the ball. You have five seconds, guy. You've got the five. one thing we want to ensure is we get the ball. But they, but but they, what you see typically in the NBA with you know they use the they've got two timeouts. Let's use one of them. Advance the ball into the front court. So that way, by the way, if we do get it stolen, it's you have four seconds. They yeah, it's all the way at the, the other, other end. end of the court. So anyway, Garrison Matthews steals, feeds Westbrook. He drains a three, and just like that, with four point three seconds left, the Wizards are up one forty seven, one forty six. No real plan. No real plan by either coach to do anything, but the Wizards are up by three. By the way, Russell Westbrook's best game is a Wizard, 41 points last night, and he really is shooting it with more confidence here in the last couple of games. Um, It's probably because he's more healthy. But anyway, then the Nets get the ball, okay? Um, And they have a plan basically um, with 2.9 seconds to go. Um, underneath their own basket, okay, because they they um, they got the ball. They ended up with the ball underneath their own basket with 2.9 seconds left. And the Wizards, after a full timeout, come out and decide that Timothy Luau Cabarro, I've never heard of the dude who plays for Brooklyn, that they would just leave him unguarded at the rim for a layup at the buzzer. It's a great plan. He can't make layups. He missed the layup. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> guarded right him. in the lane. He just misses one. Cooley, when you're coaching oh God, in this, this situation. This isn't even small. When you're coaching seventh grade in this situation, okay, you're up one. The other team has the ball underneath their own basket with 2.9 seconds. The first thing you must do is you got to protect the rim. You got to protect the paint. Nothing's coming inside the paint here. Are we all aware of this? If they pass the ball, it's going outside and will contest a jump shot. 
We're not giving anything inside the paint. The other thing you do typically in that situation, I I always did it as a coach, I switch every screen. Because with less than five seconds left, there's no there's no ability to take advantage of a mismatch. You know, if you switch a screen and you end up with a mismatch defensively, there's not enough time to, for the offense to take advantage of it. So you switch every screen so somebody doesn't come open right away. Right, so you don't want it to be easy, but they didn't. They left this guy wide open in the paint, and Kyrie Irving, who, by the way, Cooley, if you're watching this, watch. He travels on the inbounds pass. They never call this in the NBA. You're not allowed to move on an inbounds pass um, unless it's after a made bucket. Okay, under you know underneath your own basket. You're not allowed to, to – you don't have the I whole baseline. shimmy steps. He takes four shimmy steps and throws it to this dude, Cabaret, right at the rim. Rui Hachimura just watches him. Go, go. So does Beal. They just watch him. And Beal's sitting there hanging out next to Kevin Durant like, ah, they're probably not going to throw you the ball. And he's wide. He's there for a layup at the buzzer, and he missed it. He just completely missed it. I could not believe how badly – they were coached or they executed defensively on that last possession for the Nets. That's an outrage. If that game ends with that guy just dunking or laying it in at the buzzer, which should have happened, like it was a 99% chance that he was going to make a wide-open layup or dunk at the buzzer. They, it was a perfect throw from, from Kyrie Irving, and it was a perfect defense for Brooklyn because nobody was near him at the rim. Up one. I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on with the Wizards. They won the game, and they won it by three because after the dude missed the free throw, Beal got the rebound, and there was like .3 left or .5 left, and he made two free throws, and they won 149-146. Anyway, I just thought it was so comical to watch the final minute of that game and to watch players try to decide it on their own without any help from the coaches. And it went well for the Wizards, but it shouldn't have gone well. They had no plan to take the lead, and then they had no plan to stop the Nets from taking back the lead. Um, but, no, you know, I say that, and trust me, I understand there's a very good chance that Brooks had plays called and defensively told them in the huddle what to do, and the players just didn't execute. But you got to know as a player at the end there, well, we can't let them pass it right to the rim. To a wide open player, not 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 there. Yeah, at least make him take a shot. Right. Uh, oh, go to mybookie.ag. All right, sign up. You'll get a fifty percent discount up to a thousand bucks on your deposit, and you'll get every Super Bowl bet, prop bet, in game bet that you want. Mybookie, mybookie.ag. Lots of contests available uh, as it relates to the Super Bowl, and just so many prop bets. Use my promo code Kevin DC K E V I N D C, and they'll match your deposit halfway all the way up to a thousand bucks uh anything else from you well by the way the snow is totally overrated i mean it's snowing right now outside i don't know what's going to happen um but we got three inches and in, in some ice wasn't that big of a deal apparently we might get another inch this afternoon all right uh go go, go sledding no take I'm a not... video of yourself put it on twitter that's a good idea. I'll do that. Um, You'll get a lot too of bad, for that one. It's too bad you're not here, but then again, you wouldn't be able to do it with that terrible knee that's that's capable of elevating just 10 pounds worth of weight. 
All right. Take care of yourself. Everybody have a great day. Back tomorrow with Tommy. See ya. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.